Hey, good afternoon, everybody. We are back. Welcome to Bankable, episode number 11. I'll be your host, Jared Thomas, Senior Account Executive at iPool Rank. Uh, thank you for all the returning listeners, and thank you for all first-time joiners. So, so today's a special, special episode. I'm joined by two special guests. Um, to the ladies on my right, they're both on my right right now, but I have Chantel Branch, who is Senior Account Manager at iPool Rank. And then digital marketing technology manager at HSD Chris Lombard. Uh, how are you ladies doing? Hi, Derek. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm I, thank you for joining. I'm excited. Yeah, thanks for asking us to join. I'm really appreciative. It's been a while since I've been on Rankable. I know you were early newcomer. I would like to have you on more, but I'm going to talk about that later. <laughs> But thanks, thanks again both for joining. So for everyone listening today, so today's uh, episode we wanted to talk about is going to be about the importance of relationship, relationship building with clients, right? So as you guys know, especially if you're on the AE side or the AM side, even on the buyer side, there's so many different things to go wrong on the client handoff, right? So, and what today, what we want to do today is just kind of go over some of those best practices and how do you make sure there is a seamless transition from sales to, to AM and even understand it from Chris' perspective, right? What are some of the things that, you know, you would look at on the buyer side and what are some of the ways you prefer to be worked with? So we hope, we hope you guys come away with some actionable items. And I'm going to start off with the first question. This is actually going to be for you, Chris. So I would love to know in your, in your experience working with agencies, being on the buyer side, right? Once you have a new partner and start the onboarding process, what are some of the things you look for from a client success team? And what are some potential red flags? Um, when looking at a client success team, a lot of times we are looking to see what kind of experience they have and if it relates back to us. Um, at Home Franchise Concepts, we have four brands, so everything we do is enterprise scale and it, it there's so many great agencies out there but if they haven't worked with a larger scale client it can be a little overwhelming and daunting and so seeing how their experience pans out and how it lays out you know is is a big one for us um with our past clients um you know, and I, I would just say in general, um, the other thing that we look for is if we don't feel the innovative um, pushing us forward in that initial few meetings, it's it's kind of a red flag because we are looking for our agencies and our vendors to be an extension of us. Um, they are the experts. We're, we're using you guys because you're amazing, but we need you to be leading. And if we don't fill that initially, it can be a little disconcerting because we don't want to have to push a success team to be successful. Right, right. Oh, totally. Totally. And full disclosure, because I wanted to go into the story before I asked the question, right? So full disclosure, everyone listening, we actually work with HFC. HFC is one of our clients and it's actually a special account for me because it's actually one of the first um, accounts that I was, able, I was able to work on from start to finish. And everything that Chris is saying is totally true. <laughs> so it was, definitely a, it was a, definitely a long process and I was glad to be able to be in that process to get to know the team and understand their business as a whole. And it was definitely a lot of moving parts and pieces to the deal. And it is actually a good segue for Chantel. So I would love to know from you, like, you know, with this, with this in particular, can you walk us through what is your onboarding process and what are some of the things that you look for in a client? Okay. So first of all, I just wanted to, did, did we make it clear to everyone watching that Chris and I work together on a pretty regular basis? <laughs> I am the account, the clients, I lead the client services team 
for uh, home franchises concepts. I've been working with Chris since February. And um, this was a, I was picking up Jared's baby. <laughs> um, he brought you guys on board and answered your question about what is it like to bring a client on board. Jared and I sat down and talked for about an hour about who you guys were, what you were expecting, what he knew about you guys from a personality perspective, how you had been through in the past. So that when we came into that conversation, sure, we would talk to you and try to learn more, but at least I wasn't coming in like, hey guys, what's up? I see this piece of paper bought and this is what we're gonna do. I wanted to hear who is Chris? What's Chris dealt with? Who's her boss? Who are the people that work under her? Um, For brands, I literally wanted to crawl under a desk and like, (laughs) (laughs) because I was like, okay, so this is four accounts in one. I hope these people are nice. I hope that they understand their business. And what we do internally is craft a lot of questions to ask. So we, just like you guys are learning what you're going to be dealing with, within the first 30 minutes, we have a sense of like, do they understand their business? Do they understand what they bought? And do they understand clearly what they intend to see happen through this um, engagement? And Chris's team and everyone was on the phone. Everyone was ready. It was like a model. Like we should have taped it and been like, if we could have every client be like this client, um, this is what we would want. We would funnel that back to the sales team, like get people who know who to grab for what. Everybody comes and attends. Everyone talks on the calls. Um, did I answer your question, Jared? No, absolutely. You you yeah. you went above and beyond. I love it. <laughs> Let them know. I love it. And I think I, I'll even second that. I, and I also, I'm going to shout out Chris Hart from our team because I think he's also a big part to what we do here because um, he's our director of revenue and he's somebody who's on the calls on the sales side and also on the account management side. So that's also another big piece for us to help it, you know, be the assemblage transition and make sure nothing gets lost in translation. So mm-hmm. definitely shout out to Chris. Um, he's a big part of this. And uh, I know he's watching. And then in terms of um, Chantel, so in terms of that particular deal, right? So what is some of the, or even just as a county as a whole, what are some of the biggest, or, or what are some of the skills you would recommend somebody to work on? What are some of the best traits or, you know, that an account manager should have or develop? Okay, so this is a really good question and I probably should give full disclosure is that in addition to being an account management and client services, I am a retired salesperson. So before being on the account management side, I was on the sales side and I understand that, um, Oftentimes people think account managers are too scared to be salespeople, but yeah. our work is, is very much revenue driven, but it's in a different way. Um, if you are going to be an account manager and you want to be successful, you have to be a really good listener. You have to be able to remember as much as you possibly can. You have to be very organized. You have to ask questions for clarity. So you have to be curious um, and you have to be fearless because sometimes you're going to have to say no for the benefit of the engagement, because you can't just say yes to everything that a client wants because being deferential is great, but then when you don't deliver, the client is angry, disappointed, disjointed, and then the relationship is broken. Sometimes it's better to just say, hey, listen, we've got XYZ going on, and if we don't pace this properly, you will not be happy. I understand you want this done in 30 days, but this takes 60 days, and if you want it done right, this is what we have to do. So. lot of pieces to the puzzle on the on the account management side of things where you could drop the ball and then you're responsible for ruining a, ruining a relationship also yeah you have to be friendly too yeah you have to like you because we are together for anywhere from four months to a year to two or three years and 
if if I'm awful or if the, if a client doesn't like me, very bad. Can, yeah, yeah, it could really be a detriment to the relationship if yeah. it, if the, if the symbioticness is not there and you don't have yeah. that. And everyone's not lucky enough to have their main point of contact have your same birthday and like have personality. <laughs> so Chris and I are very lucky because we got on very well right from the beginning. Um, but even if you don't get on, you have to develop, um, find common ground with a person. So if you talk, if you get people talking, you'll find something that you guys can like vibe on. And that one little thing, whether it's you like Funko miniatures, but it's just something to make people feel comfortable with you. So you're not just a service provider because a service provider can easily be dismissed and someone else can provide a service. So this is about relationship management. That, that that was I think something that you said that was that was totally spot on. I think the fearless part, right? And I think for AMs, I know for me personally, it would be hard for me. Like, how do you balance the saying no and still building the relationship, right? Because it's kind of hard, right? How do you say no and then still be buddy buddy with the client? So I would love to know how you navigate that, or what are some things that you could provide to other AMs that may be in that same boat. I don't know, Chris. I'll, I'm going to actually push this over to Chris. So, Chris, if you haven't asked, as a client. Do you want someone to say yes all the time? Or how do you feel if someone says, yeah, we great. want to, but we, we just, we're going to need 10 more days than you say you need it by? No, I do not want yes people because I feel like a straight out yes for everything we get. It, to your point, it sets us up for failure and it sets us up for disappointment. I We want somebody who is bringing thought, leadership to everything we're doing, to, to rationale, um, to dare I even say, you know, a human compassion aspect of like, we also know that like everybody we work with um, has lives and we have multiple clients and nobody wants to be disappointed, but by just saying yes, I feel like you're kind of guaranteeing to set yourself up for failure if you say yes all the time. I mean, I work in a franchise network or, you know, we're a franchisor and we can't just say yes to everything franchisees want. Um, we do what we can, but then there are also limitations that have to be put on and they make us look better and they, in the long run, will make the franchisee happier. And it's not about looking good, but it's about making sure that everybody's really happy. And if you come back with really strong rationale for why it's going to take longer or why this is not a good idea, there's something to be said. We may not have thought of something. And if you just say yes to everything, I mean, that'd be nice, but I don't think we're going to get the desired long-term results we want then. Otherwise, you're not bringing anything to the table that I couldn't go just hire a coordinator to do and just do every little thing I say. Right. And we're looking for that partnership. Exactly. Like when you just have the yes person, it, it kind of kills the innovation and creativity of the campaign, right? So it's like, you know, if you just come in, like it goes back to your earlier point, right? You want somebody who's also a partner and you don't want to have to just say yes or here, do this task, do this task, do this task. If that was the case, we could have done it ourselves in that, you know, in that case. So you guys want a partner that really helps with it. And there goes Chris Hart. <laughs> So says, no is the best, best word to use to get the best yes for a success in a relationship, my man. <laughs> so actually, when it comes to relationship building, so you guys have a, a great relationship, right? So I'm curious, 
has there been a situation for yourself, Chris, where you've had a great relationship with an AM, but the performance wasn't really up to par? And then how how much does that relationship go into play when you're thinking about renewals? Um, I would say it has some weight on it. It definitely does. I've, I've actually been in that experience before. Um, and the relationship is important, but I think what happens is with that relationship, it usually allows myself or some of my team members the opportunity to talk to the AM, to really let them know what our concerns are and to offer that second chance. Mm -hmm. before making that decision on a renewal. If I don't have that relationship, I'm not even going to tell you what I don't like about it. I'm just done. I'm not doing and I've already moved on when you decide to come back and say, is there anything you can do? Um, so the relationship is so key because even if you aren't up to par, it allows you to bring yourself and get yourself back up to par. Without it, you're out faster than you can, you know, totally. blink your eyes. So, and I think that people are just sometimes scared to get that check in, so they won't ask. Yeah, they just they just go, well, you know, they haven't complained, so I guess everything's okay. And it's like, no, you can't do that. You have to be comfortable getting sincere and negative feedback as an opportunity to potentially rectify the situation, and pretty regularly. So, what we try to do is. On a quarterly basis, we try to engage with our main points of contact just to say, hey, is there anything that we can improve on? Um, is there anything that is falling short? Is there anything you want to see more of? Um, and then usually if a person feels comfortable, they'll tell you like, this is good, but we really like to see this. Or um, sometimes you'll notice a person uses a lot of words that are flat. Mm -hmm. Don't say something's good, okay, a cool, and you have to draw it out of them. Like maybe everyone's not comfortable being honest about the fact that they're dissatisfied. They just will leave quietly. Um, I engage those people. So if someone says, oh, this wasn't what I expected, let's talk about expectations. When you say it wasn't what you expected, does that mean that it exceeded your expectations? Mm -hmm. or and I'll ask that in an open conversation because either you're happy or you're not, you aren't, and I'm not gonna be embarrassed if you are unhappy, all I can do is get an opportunity to potentially rectify the matter. If we don't speak about it, we can't fix it. Exactly. And I think something really important that you that you guys both stated is like, you know, in terms of like the, the sales part, the relationship means everything, right? It doesn't mean everything, but it's definitely a good starter to build in that relationship, right? Because you should be knowing and knowing everything that's going on with the business because you should definitely care about your, your client, right? And when it really goes back to um, like, like you shouldn't be in the late stage of the process. It shouldn't be like a 12 month deal and you're in month 10, you're asking, what could I do? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that is like the craziest thing. Way that, too late. Way too late. too late in the game. Way too late in the game. So for any AMs listening or client success managers, right? Always be curious, be fearless, right? Have that conversation, that back and forth. It's okay to have a little pushback. It is okay. You know, I know we want to deliver to our, our clients and we want to be the best AMs and the best client success, best salespeople, but just being honest and just having a, a, a clear and just being transparent goes a long way, guys. Goes and also set expectations. So sometimes, especially in the age of COVID, we have to do these check-ins to make sure. Chris is based in LA. I'm based in New York. Um, we need to know, like, how are you doing in LA? Is everything okay? Um, are you struggling? Because knowing if she's struggling means that if she isn't responsive in two hours, 
it might just be she's struggling or they've got a migration that's happening or, you know, her dog's sick or whatever, like anything could be going on. If you don't have conversations with people to just check in and it doesn't have to be the entire call, but you can pepper into the conversation, like what's going on with you so that you know who the person is. So if something's happening that's out of character, you can afford a little bit of grace for the person. Conversely, on our side, if someone's going to be out, we like to let people know in advance. If someone's sick, if I was sick and I was not responsive, I'll let a person know like, hey, I'm really sorry. I was sick. Um, I wasn't feeling very well the other day. So I was a little bit slow. So mm-hmm. that I'm a human being. So totally is where sometimes I'm not feeling well. I had a splitting headache. I had a migraine. And that's why maybe if, my, if I feel like maybe my email was a little bit short or wasn't detailed or it was just like, here's your thing. And I don't say something. A person's going to notice because I'm communicating with folks every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. I like to let you know what's going on because it's like going back to the relationship management part of it. You need to know when I'm not feeling that great. The same way you're going to know when I'm feeling wonderful. That, that's a great point. And that, it's really key, even from the client side, to get the most out of any of our agencies. I would tell anybody, you've got to be as forthcoming and as open as possible as well. You don't want to play it by the cuff. Um, mm-hmm. Chantel knows when my schedule is really full and I'm not going to get back to you for three to four days. And we're not going to look at that action item because we are launching a new website or we are running a migration mm-hmm. platform. And it has nothing to do with maybe that launch or it has nothing to do with her, but it's key to her understanding. Like I'm not judging you guys critically or, or maybe I'm saying, Hey, take an extra day. We're not going to get to it. If you need an extra day, it's kind of that symbiotic relationship again, where she doesn't know my every way to move, but you know, she knows what's going on in the things and that helps you guys be successful or even to say, do we need to move a status call? Or, you know, I know you've got a lot of projects going. What are the key things? And so by being a little more upfront and sharing of things that you may not realize impact the exact success of your deliverables, you know, from a client side, I think it's, it's key. Right. Cause we're not, we're not, this is not a transactional relationship. Yeah. It's an engagement in, in every sense of the word. So since we're not, this is not target. She's not bringing me a box of Kleenex. I'm bringing her up and sending her on her way. We've got to unpack lot of stuff here <laughs> so we need to have like we need to know what's up and it's super i hate to keep saying it's so important but it really is it's also important to know what's important to other people so how is chris seen as successful because there are often times where you have your main point of contact manager and it's not about going in front of her boss and being like chris is wonderful it's about making her look good by providing her the information she needs in a way that allows her leaders to see her and play what we're doing, use what we're doing, and then socialize that up even higher. So yeah. it's all of these, it's like a dance, like we're doing the hustle back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't cool. hustle, but I do Lindy Hop. So there you go. We can do that too, whatever we have to do. It's just, it, it, it definitely, the communication piece of it, sometimes just, um, Sometimes I'll reach out to a client and say, hey, it seemed like this person, and this hasn't really happened with Chris, but you say, hey, it seemed like this person really wasn't feeling it. 
you know, what's going on. And they may say this person resigned a week ago, they're disconnected. Or they may say that this person's cousin has an SEO agency and they are still pissed off about the fact that we went with IPO rank, not company XYZ. And, and you, and the fact that someone will share that type of information with me, which part of it is just my natural ability to get information, but that allows us to know that we've got a blocker. We've got someone whose cousin has an SEO firm and they're waiting for us to drop the ball so that they could be sitting there with their arms folded going, you should go with my cousin. Or going, hey, cousin, you should step your game up because I pull rank is pretty great and I did what I could, but you know they blew you guys out of the water. So it's, it's continually communicating um, and, and not just like that top level talking, like not yeah. just party talk. Like exactly. this, like how long have you been there? What's sucked in the past? Um, and Chris is really good about saying like, tell us what to do. Our, our work is multi-layered. Like it's not just technical SEO. But we also have a design and creative aspect to our content. And um, Chris has been really cool about being like, no, no, you tell us like, you, here's the purview. There are some bumpers. We don't have all the, you know, we can't spend a billion dollars, but within this time, for, within this frame, how can we make the best use of your ideas? Tell us what to do. Because like she said, if they knew what to do, we wouldn't be there. Yeah. Exactly. And our bandwidth is limited. Everybody's bandwidth hits a certain point and we want that partnership and we want that expert to come in and help us be successful and to feel as excited when they see our ad campaigns or when they see um, our growth and our success because you contributed to it just like an employee. You know, you aren't just an agency. You aren't just um somebody who's just doing something, you know, and we wouldn't come to people if we weren't open to ideas. And I think that's another key thing is really being on the client side, being open to, to needing those suggestions. We know we're not perfect. We know we have a long way to go and we want to just keep getting better and stronger. And we need a lot of partners to do that and to be successful. And the other thing that's key is if our account manager can get along really well with us, but we also pair our partners up, our agencies up, so everybody works together because yeah. we do need different agencies for different things. Not, you know, you can't be successful as successful as you'd like to be if you're wearing every hat. And so we will bring them together. And, and that's also the sign of a good partner for us if we feel comfortable bringing them together. Yeah. You do have to be really able to play well with others, Jared. I'll tell you mm -hmm. um, across the board, like you'll, there'll be times where someone will be like, well, I want you to talk to our PR agency um, and see how PR and SEO can kind of collaborate and make something happen. And sometimes you'll have people who are a little skittish and we're just like, hey, hi, what's up? Like, you know, we're here to play together. We already have the business, you know? Is there, I'm curious in like a situation like that, right? When you are playing together, how do you, how do you play together necessarily without trying to one up the other one? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a song and dance there. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've, for I've me, never experienced that. So for me, it's just the energy of it. I know what we do. I know what we're good at. I know that we're strong. So I'm not walking into a space with a concern. I'm just myself and the team are going to come in and be oh. all. So we were brought in for this ex SEO expertise, for these ideas, we're going to contribute and we're gonna contribute over and above. And if that 
creates the need for the other agency to step up, then great, because the ultimate goal is to serve the client. Absolutely. So um, we're not coming I mean, in to look bad, but we're not going to. We've challenged you guys. We've challenged Apple Rank. We have partnered you guys with our web development company, knowing at the end of the day, there's that underlying technical SEO, mm -hmm. as well as that content and front-facing SEO. And I think it's been successful. And um, it's only validated why we go with both agencies, because mm -hmm. even if you don't agree, which so far you guys have all been in agreement, <laughs> so um, there's really strong rationale, and it's not that there's one right answer. Sometimes there are two answers, and you're choosing the best path for your business, even if it's not ideal, and you've got two different agencies saying go A or B, they're both right. It's then at that point where the business then has to decide, but we've had a lot of success working with you guys and our other agencies. One thing I wanna point out to Jared, when people are wondering about working with folks, well, as an AM, a tip, a tip for AMs, mm -hmm. find out what they're going to do with our work. Because oftentimes as an agency, you are weighed on what you are able to do or not to do. But if you have no visual into like, all right, Chris, I'm going to give you 25 deliverables in 32 days. How is the team going to get this situated? Guys, that's almost an exact quote in terms of <laughs> in time where we put about 20 deliverables in front of in Chris's inbox. And I'm sure she wanted to just kill us all. But she was able to um, distribute the deliverables out and start to get things implemented. So to me, that's why they're a, a gold star client of mine because they are taking our time, taking our ideation and then pushing it down the line and we're seeing results and it's moving very quickly. Um, what I've learned to do better as in my role is to ask people, so once we give this to you, what are you gonna do with it next? Early, not wait until three months in to say, well, what did you do with that, you know, those 17 things? I think that asking in after the first set of deliverables, what are you going to do? Or what's the person's name? Or where is that person? Do they have any feedback? Because sometimes there's these blockers in the background. You don't even see these people. And they're just sitting on a whole 20 sets of recommendations and they're doing nothing. But it looks like we're doing nothing. So for our main point of contact to light a fire under people, if, if they know that I know, and now we both know, they can talk to the person who manages that person to make them do it so we can actually see what type of results are going to drive. That's a great point. That's a great point. I think a lot of, I don't know about other agencies, but that you could have easily just said, here's your deliverable and that's it. But then going the further, right, what are you going to do with it? Separates it, right? <laughs> because then you can hold people accountable and it's not like, hey, we just gave you something. We actually know what it's going to do because we understand right. the impact before we delivered it. It kind of goes back to the target with the, with the, with the Kleenex. At yeah. You just sell the you sell the Kleenex and you go. You don't say, "Are oh, you going to use this to wipe your face, blow your nose, make eye makeup?" Like our responsibility is not just to give it give it to you; is to find out how you plan to use it and then ask you, "Well, how did it work when we took your eye makeup off? Did that Kleenex do good for you?" It's just it's it's definitely an engagement. So like, not transactional. Even the smallest thing is not a transaction. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That's huge for relationship building, right? Think of people as people, right? Have those conversations, be genuine, and don't just think of it as just like, here's the deliverable. Try to go above and beyond, understand those needs, understand the wants of the customer and help them help them deliver. Actually, and it goes for the sales side too. I actually had a conversation with Jesse McDonald, IBM SEO manager, and people, at least salespeople, they don't understand that that person on the other line, on the buyer side, has to use their credibility to make the ask for you, right? <laughs> and you have to have that relationship because who's going to go to bat for somebody they don't know? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that that is a huge component, you know, just being a person, building that relationship. And I actually would love that, you know, from a sales, as a salesperson, I'd love to know from you guys, what are both your perspectives or what do you think is the right time to involve customer success in the sales process? Chris, you go first. Um, For me, it's a little, um, I go, I go back and forth because I don't like it too early. I feel like it's a little too presumptuous. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I, I, Great. I'm thrilled we got people who can do that job, but I don't even know if I like you yet, right? So <laughs> early, but I don't want it to be so far, far down the path of like now we're done and we're gonna get you somebody to we're gonna figure it out. Um I would say probably 75% through the sales process for me. And I think because at that point you've learned our business, you've learned our needs, and hopefully you're already kind of thinking in your head, oh my God, we have the right team players, um, and I know exactly who we need to put on their team, and let's talk to them and, and see if they want to meet them now to help kind of, you know, make sure that it's the right fit until oh. it's too late. So, but I don't like to go on the first date, so don't bring them to the first meeting. <laughs> No AMs on the first meeting, sellers. You hear that? <laughs> Not on the first meeting. <laughs> how, how about you, Chris? What are, what are your thoughts? Because me and you have done this before, right? So, you know, you know, to help expedite the process as far as implementation. So I'd love to know from you as well. Do you agree with, with Chris on that? Or when is too early, when it's not? I think that 75% in so talk about start dates. When people are giving you buying clues, it might be, and they're starting to ask you questions like, well, what's going to happen next? The moment someone says what's going to happen next, there is no better buying clue. Now it's like, hey, let me start grabbing people so you can get even more excited because you're definitely excited. Um, behind the scenes, you and I sometimes will work together because I may be able to go, oh, I know that type of account. They need these things or they need those things so that this will be successful. But for you guys to see me, I would say about when you're 75% away way through it, you can bring a, the client success person in or the client services person in. And they may be able to ask some questions that can really advance the entire engagement. So absolutely. Yeah. It's just also about communication between sales and AM. I've been in organizations where no one talks to AM totally. and just run, drop and run. And that is not good. It's not healthy. It's the worst. I've been in organizations where you close the deal on the sales side and now I'm, I'm giving, I'm filling out some 80 page questionnaire about every single thing about the client. <laughs> it's like, why? Like, what's the dog's name? What's this? What's that? What are the problems? What are the needs? And it's like, oh, come on, man. When, and when we easily just had an internal conversation, we could have hammered everything out one by one and make sure you, you know, that nothing's lost in translation. So I definitely agree with you guys both. I'm definitely thinking 75%. I was going 50. <laughs> I love it though. A little too soon. A little too soon. Yeah. <laughs> a salesperson. Yeah. So I, I didn't even realize 30 minutes came up so so quick. So if there are any last questions from anybody in the audience, we'd love to get to it. Um, I'll wait a couple of seconds, see if anyone comes through. 
nigga. Might may. If not, it may not be. But if not, if you guys do, I would definitely have information, contact information. If you want to get in touch with Chantel, you want to learn more about her experience, you want to kind of share tips and tricks offline, as well as contact with Chris. Um, they're both on LinkedIn. We can share a link in the bottom. Thank you all for attending. Ladies, thank you again for an awesome segment. This was so informative. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, we have a question. You said, have you worked with any past agencies and what were what were the pain points, Chris? And this is from Nathan. Um, oh, the pain points. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh oh, we need another 20. <laughs> I really do think, honestly, the not checking in and really getting the feedback on what we've gotten. Um, I've worked for several agencies where here's the deliverable, here's the recommendation, here's the next deliverable. Here's the next deliverable, but there's no like, how's this working? Are you even implementing this? There's no contact in between the, the monthly check-in. It's it's almost to the point where you're like, well, what's their name again? Oh, oh yeah, I guess we do have to get something on the books. Um, mm -hmm. And those are the ones where I haven't had the relationship. So we didn't, we didn't need to maintain that agency partnership because we didn't even feel success because sometimes the simplest things are more successful with that relationship because you're able to communicate the power behind it but if i just receive a document that says do this and i don't have the ability to go back and ask more questions later or find the value it's not it's not valuable to me and then you know i, I don't want to work with so, and I will say, even taking the work out of it, the relationship is key. If I don't have a good relationship or I can't find a rapport, it can make it very difficult to, to work with an agency. And I've never had a problem where we had to like not work together just because of rapport. But I will say, without trying to build the rapport, it's a lot easier to let go of an agency. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I was going to say, though, I, I'll, I'll save that for another segment. <laughs> but, but I will say thank, thank you both. Um, it was an amazing segment. I know I, I learned a lot from my end to, you know, what's what's needed to build a successful relationship. I know for people who are following me on LinkedIn, I'm all about authentic relationships. So this was super insightful for me. Thank you for everybody who's joining. Thank you for everybody who will listen. Please join us next week. Also have the Modern Enterprise SEO webinar next week. That will be led by uh, Mike King and um, IBM, Jesse McDonald. So please tune in, register, make sure you come in. And uh, thank you again. This is episode 11. We're growing because of you guys and we appreciate every bit of support. And Thanks, shout out yeah. to the OHFC. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. Bye, guys. Take Bye -bye. care.